Hello. I have no idea what happened. So Me I, either. I, I was replying to you, and then I just you just started saying hello, like you couldn't hear me, and then we just got disconnected, like poof. Yeah, I've had to start over. I'm sorry. Uh, no worries. No worries. Um, Technology. Oh yes. Um, I you know I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, and I also want to let everybody know on the Blind Vegan um, Listening um, <laughs> Universe, um, I, I, I got Ed Harris here, who was on Chopped and MasterChef and has done, like, oh, my God, tons of stuff, written vegan cookbooks and have all kinds of spices and <laughs> food. And I just, yeah, he, he shares his love of, of you know, vegan um cuisine and so i, I want to thank you for coming on to the show today i really appreciate like you're my second celebrity guest oh like, uh, i appreciate I my that hand about you yesterday and she's like wait a minute you got ed harris to come on your show how did that happen like we met in a vegan room on clubhouse <laughs> yeah i I'm, I'm really grateful for clubhouse because it, it's it, it's really a great place for connection you know and that's pretty much what the world is about, you know, it's connection. And, um, you know, with Clubhouse, you literally get to rub shoulders, exchange information and words with people from all over the world in different walks of life. I mean, you know, without Clubhouse, I don't know if we would have ever met, you know, you know, virtually, you know, on the on the phone during a room or anything like that. So it's it's an awesome app and I'm just looking forward to the future. What made you get started in the culinary scene, especially plant-based culinary? Because, I mean, the whole world is, let's eat, you know, let's have dairy, let's have yeah, meat. Yeah, and all that stuff. Well, I mean, right. to be honest, my, my upbringing, you know, because I'm originally from the Caribbean, so I'm all about, you know, I was all about the jerk chicken and the jerk pork and stuff like that. So, you know, mm -hmm. meat was heavy in my diet, um, but as I got older, you know, one thing was for sure, even with us eating meat and things like that, we were always heavy on vegetables. Like that was just part of our life, you know, from the times we were little, because my mom, you know, she always cooked vegetables. You know, her father was a farmer, you know, um, so we, we our background is plants to begin with. You know, we just kind of veered away from it even more than we should have. Mm -hmm. But with me, um, you know, as I became an adult and just wanting to experiment with food, being a chef. I just took it upon myself to really, you know, figure out how do I make vegetables taste tasty? You know, how do I make them look good to the point where when people eat them, they're like, oh, wow, there's no meat in here. You know, that kind of thing. So I just took it upon myself to really understand how to cook vegetables, how to treat them, how to care for them in such a way that when I presented them to anyone that was a meat eater or non, you know, non-meat eater, mm -hmm. you, could, you couldn't tell the difference. Everyone was just like, wow, this is delicious. Um, so that's where that whole journey started. And then, um, watching what the health, you know, over what, six years ago or whatever it was, you know, my family and I, we all decided after watching that documentary that we weren't going to eat meat anymore and we haven't turned back since. Oh, wow. You know, I, well, I haven't watched what's the, what's the health, but I've watched Dominion and yes. Rangers there's and a few of them. Seaspiracy, Cowspiracy. Yeah. Yep. Earthlings. Yep. I, I mean, literally, I after Earthlings, I couldn't watch anymore. I just, it's a lot. It's a lot to digest. Yeah. But at the same time, too, you know, I didn't realize I was a vegan 
um, in regards to my house because yep. I, I have no animal products of any kind. Now, of course, a pair of Doc Martens and a pair of Ugg boots, that's one thing. But yeah. I own yeah. no leather or no fur and, you know, I, I just wasn't that type of person. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't that hard to transition. You know, I had I didn't really eat a lot of pork to begin with exactly. and, and a lot of beef. I was more chicken, fish and turkey. But even then, I guess after Thanksgiving, I was like, I'm tired of this. You know, this is making me feel satiated. Yeah. And I had, I had started that a couple of years ago, like eating more beans. And I started with lentils and I started losing a little bit of weight. And then I was like, I like this. I like the way this feels. And, you know, everyone's like, well, it's so expensive to eat healthy. And I'm like, no, it's not. I go to Aldi's and pick up a whole tray of beans and yep. buy them all. And it's 61 cent a can. I'm like, you know, I mean, go to Sam's Club and I bought a, a 20 pound bag of Besmati rice for $17. About to go back next weekend and get some more rice. But I mean, it is really not. It's, I mean, it's probably just as expensive to buy plant based and, and whole food based as it would be if you were to buy meat. Yeah. You, and after it, you buy everything. Yeah. And, and I think. The, the real issue is here is not being an educated consumer, right? Because it's like, there's no way you can tell me buying meat and vegetables is as much as if you were buying just vegetables, right. you know, because, you know, fish is 20 something dollars a pound, depending on the type of fish you're getting. Meat right. is, you know, in the teens, if not more, depending on the cuts, depending on, you know, if you're buying Wagyu and you get expensive and you get fancy, like right. meat can be really expensive or it can be really cheap if you're getting low quality meat. But then why would you want to buy that? And the answer to that is some people don't have a choice. So it really varies across the board. But I think, you know, being plant based and spending a lot of money, it, it really at the end of the day depends on the individual. Right. Because you can do all organic and that's one price. You know, oh, you, yes. can, you can, you know, there are different ways to go about this journey, this lifestyle and really be efficient at it. Right. But it takes work, you know, just oh. like anything else. Oh, yeah. Like I know for me personally, I buy stuff in bulk. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I'll go to Sam's Club and I'll buy my spices in bulk. I'll buy water. I'll buy, you know, my noodles yes. from like Whole Foods or Whole Foods, Aldi's, and Sam's Club, and Amazon is where I go. Yep. And so, it, you know, I think it just depends. I might try Th um, Thrive Market just because I want to see how that is. But, I mean, otherwise, you know, I follow, like, different people. Like, yeah. you know, different YouTubers. YouTube is my friend. I, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard of Young Man on Cooking. Yes. Okay. I love his stuff. I, I've sampled some of his recipes and I mean, you know, of course I'm not a mushroom person, so I omit certain things and I add certain things and I tweak it to make my own. And, you know, I, you just be surprised what you can make. And I was like, I didn't think I would like tofu. Exactly. You know, now firm tofu and extra firm. I tried the silk and tofu. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah you know it, it's 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 different applications you know different ingredients for different things you know like silken tofu for me the only way i would do it is if i'm dropping it into some miso soup right. you know um some mapo tofu kind of soup you know where it's like a hot spicy soup you know right. or using it for um 
dressings, you know, because, right. you know, or using it for smoothies. Right. You know, um, silken tofu and soft tofu is not tofu that you want to cook like you would a piece of vegetable, right? Because it right. disintegrates, you know, that's where the extra firm, the medium and the firm tofu comes in. So it's back to educating yourself on the ingredients that you have, right? How do you make them in such a way that they're actually going to be appetizing and beneficial because you don't want to spend money and all of this food and then waste the food by not doing it properly and then you have to throw it out, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I have friends that, you know, they have heart disease and diabetes and all that. And they're in their 50s and I'm about to be 45. So I'm like, I'm I'm very healthy, you know. Yeah. Maybe a low vitamin D deficiency, but that's because I live in Ohio and it's wintertime and there's <laughs> hardly no sun. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm got my supplements and then you got people where, oh well you don't need supplements and and I'm like, Well, uh, I'm gonna be honest, when you reach your forties, you need your supplements. <laughs> Yes. Your body starts changing. And I mean, I guess I looked at that in a way because, you know, in the African-American community, heart disease is prevalent, strokes and diabetes and all that type of stuff. And it's like, I'm like, uh, no, I don't want that. You know, I want to live to be a ripe old 95. Exactly. You know, you know, and it's it, to me, it's so much fun. I'm having fun with this whole journey of of food and like I, I need to interview some of these people and pick their brains. And so, I mean, I'm just curious, like, did you, I mean, was a lot of the um, cooking based just from your home life? Did you wind up going to culinary school to sharpen your skills? How did all that come about? So I actually did go to culinary school, but um, everyone in my family cooks, you know, so I was very fortunate. My uncles, my grandfather, my mom. Uh, my aunts, everyone cooked. So it's kind of in my blood, I guess. But I did go to culinary school. I went to the first art institute um, mm-hmm. in America. And um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this was in New York. So I did that for two years. And um, I just kept honing in on my skills. I traveled. I went to India. I went to Thailand. I went to China. I went to places that have really deep culture when it comes to food. And Mm -hmm. I took classes and I just kept learning. And, you know, I do that till to this day. You know, it's all about experimenting. It's all about just really, you know, putting your all in because food can really be fun. You know, if you take the time to understand it, right? Because at the end of the day, there are just so many cultures out there and it's just a few ingredients that changes what these different cultures have to offer. So once you understand that, I think anyone can create food that's really tasty. Oh, yeah. I mean, because technically the base for any food, if you have it, okay, some turmeric, some paprika, some salt, some black pepper, some garlic, coriander, allspice, cumin, um, ginger, um, cardamom. All those spices are, you know, I mean, now if you have masala and, you know, a few other spices. Yeah, but I mean, the majority of it is probably what I just named. I mean, because I, I keep hearing the same spices over and over and over yeah. again. And then, you know, the, the main staples are your carrots, your garlic, your onion, your celery, bell pepper, you know. Um, well, mushrooms are a big deal for a lot of people. I'm not a mushroom person. <laughs> I love mushrooms. So I, I love mushrooms. mushrooms. 
And I, I try to find ways to like work around that um, in regards to, you know, a binding agent. Most of the time I'll use like either wheat flour or organic all-purpose flour or I'll use like the silk version of like heavy cream and, you know, to make certain, certain gravy, certain this, certain that. And I just made a recipe yesterday, which I'm going to eat and is, is a knockoff of chicken and noodles. Nice. So I'm going to have that and it has kale in it and linguine noodles and garlic, onion, um, carrots, celery, um, I put some paprika, some cumin, uh, salt, pepper, garlic powder. I love my garlic. And I put some miso paste in there, two tablespoons of miso paste with about four to six cups of water. And then I put um, the the bouillon chicken, the non-chicken. Yeah. Yeah, I put that in there. And uh, yeah, I cook uh, and I put some kale. I love it. Yeah, and so I I will be taking a picture of it before I eat it because I always take pictures of all my food, and uh, people are like, "Man, you're such a good cook." To be visually impaired, I'm like, "Oh, I love food. I've always loved food. I, you know, I just I think I found my niche, you know, and that's another thing during the pandemic, you know, people have been doing a lot more cooking. Like I finally went to my first vegan restaurant, and my friends treated me the other day, and I had me some cut fries, I had some. Um, kabuki. Um, I think it was which one was it? It was um, the one that had um, not the one that was watermelon with um, cayenne pepper, but it was it was another one I had, and it I never had it before, and it was like this sour taste. I drank it all, and it was interesting. And then my favorite part was the cauliflower wings. <laughs> Yes, cauliflower is such an amazing ingredient. Like, there's just so many ways to cook cauliflower and serve it. it it's definitely an ingredient that anyone trying to be vegan or plant-based, it, it's an ingredient that you should really pay attention to and just figure out ways to make it because you can do, like you said, cauliflower wings. You know, you can do cauliflower steaks. You can do cauliflower soup. I I've mean, cauliflower rice. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's a really great ingredient to really get. I love cauliflower. And then I realized I ran out of it last week. <laughs> it's like, I got to <laughs> wait. I got to wait a week and get some more. But I mean, it, it's funny, though, because, you know, people are like, it's just you. I'm like, yes, but I, I'm making oatmeal with fruit in it and chia seeds and all kinds yeah. of stuff. And, it, you know, and it's filling, you know. Like you can 100%. still ha- you can still have stuff you can still have the same stuff you're used to making just it's all plant based it's not I mean if you I do have the the plant based sausage if I want to make jambalaya or I want to make um gumbo or I want to make um like red beans and rice or something so I was like I still make the stuff that I make I just do it a little bit differently. You know, and yep. people, people are like, this is so good. I'm not missing anything. I'm like, but you get the same crazy question. Where's your protein? I'm <laughs> like, what, uh, you've heard of beans, right? <laughs> You're eating you know, protein. I, yeah, I think people that ask where you're getting your protein from don't really, don't really care about where you're getting your protein from because anyone that 
that actually stop to think about that question before they ask it will know that it's not a question that you ask anyone because number one, protein is in almost every single thing we eat. There's just different levels of protein based on what you're eating. Right. But there, there is never, there's maybe once in a million or a billion that someone will be protein deficient. Like it just doesn't happen. But you know, this is something that was created by the people that want you to eat meat, right? Right. You know, they want you to eat meat. So they, they make it seem that there's a scarcity if you're not eating meat that you're not going to get your protein. But that's far from the case. Broccoli has protein. Beans have protein. Quinoa has protein. I oh, mean, yes. There, there are tons of vegetables that have protein. Tofu, soybeans. I mean, you name it. So, right. yeah, it's, it's a crazy question that people ask. But they ask it, you know, because the world's crazy. Now, I have to ask, what, what made you uh, want to go on shop to Master Chef? Wasn't it so, more exposure? You know, for me, I, I, I love, I love, um, I love pushing myself. You know, I love, um, you know, going against the grain and just pushing the envelope. So um, when I worked in New York City, actually the restaurant I worked in, which is Budokan, um, one of the offices for the Food Network was in that same building. Uh, this was an old Nabisco factory that was turned into this awesome uh, building, which is Chelsea Market. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the businesses there. And um, one of the producers for the show, Chop, um, spoke to my chef at the time. And um, he interviewed. And then the producer asked him, if you know anyone else that wants to be on the show, please, you know, send them my information. So my chef and I were really cool. So he's like, hey, Ed, you know, do you want to do Chop? And I'm like, of course I do, because this was. 2010 so chop was in its prime then it was only in season four um so it was really hot i mean it still is today but it was just you know everyone was talking about chop then um right so i did the interview and they selected me and um i did the show and it was amazing you know um so after i did that I was in their database, so they would reach out to me periodically for all the shows, and that's how I went on all the other shows, you know, Beat Bobby Flay, Iron Chef International, and all that stuff. Um, so it was just really fun for me, you know, um, and it's just a way for me to test my skills, you know, and to just, you know, have my heart pumping, <laughs> right, because it's nerve-wracking. I'm not going to lie. It, it It is crazy. It's intense. Um, you know, it's not for someone that is not sure of themselves in in terms of skill level because you have to know what you're doing otherwise you're not gonna last you know or you're not gonna you know make it through chop because chop is you know and some people don't realize it but you honestly there's no way you don't know what's in the basket until you open it up right there right and the minute you basket the time starts so you have no time to prep ahead plan what you're gonna make because you just have you have no idea what you're gonna get basket yeah yeah i um i you know i remember watching all the seasons like i just binge watched everything i'm like wait i think i've seen him on tv (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no way and then my aunt was like you lucky duck how did you manage i'm like uh but i became vegan i went into a room he was in there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have to ask like 
um because i was looking at your website and i was like dude i want to i want to sample some of these freaking spices what what oh, made you want to create your own spices yeah um so you know for me you know i i love being able to create things that are you know that that just makes it easy for anyone trying to be plant-based or just cook in general right hence mm-hmm. the cookbooks the spices the aprons um the pancake and waffle mix all of it you know so spices for me um because i love cooking with spices you know um and I just wanted to come up with spices that didn't have a bunch of preservatives in it, not mm-hmm. a lot of salt, mm-hmm. you know, no unnecessary fillers, you know, just things that weren't necessary for you to put in spices. Like spices should literally just be spices and nothing else, you know. Um, but unfortunately, there are a lot of um, spice companies out there that just add things to it that's not needed because, you know, it's a way for it, them to make it cheaper. Um, so I'd rather spend the money up front and mm-hmm. just give quality versus quantity, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I came up with the spices. And, you know, I'm really excited about them because right now we have about seven, which are super unique because, you know, one is all about Indian food, one's all about Caribbean. We have a Chinese one. We have um, Italian, you know, a Moroccan, Middle Eastern flavor one. Um, so oh, we wow. just have really flavors. Yeah, so it just takes out the guessing of okay so if i want to make indian food or indian flavored food right what spices should i use that's where my there's a lot of them (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know and if you don't have masala if you don't have masala you're screwed if you don't have i actually have a moroccan spice that i bought nice And, and so i have made um a moroccan chickpea uh stew and Yummy. I and somebody I took a picture of it. So if you go on my Instagram page, you'll see it. But it people were like, that looks so freaking good. And and someone from Morocco was like, Chanel, that looks like something that came from Morocco. I'm like, oh well, thank you. I, but see, this is why I say when you have a passion for something. You're going to put your all into it. And I like to take my time when I'm cooking. I don't like to rush. Because I find cooking to be an art form. You know, you Same either here. know how to cook or you don't. So, it's true. Yeah. It's and, true. Um, and so, like, and I, I realized, like, a lot of the spices, if you're talking about the Middle East, you're talking about Italian, you're talking about Asian, a lot of it's similar. There might be one or two spices that are different. Yep. But that's it. Yeah, it's it's the combination, right? right? And the amount of each spice that makes it unique, you know? Right. So that's that's the trick, knowing how much to put. Because for instance, let's talk about cumin, right? Right. Cumin, oh, I love cumin. Is, oh my god. <laughs> you know, cumin is a spice that's in Moroccan food, Eastern food, it's in Spanish food. It's in right. Indian food, it's in Caribbean food, it's in African food. So, right. you know, it, it really depends on the culture and, you know, what flavor you're trying to look for. But it, it, it's all about balance, you know. So, you know, hence the creation of these spices. I just love being able to create things that just taste amazing, you know. Yeah, and I, I said to myself, I said, I have to get your cookbook on ebook. Because uh, I can't read the print, but I can have voiceover read me the ebook. Yeah, 
And I said, I have to get that book because I was like, I love cooking, um, you know, different recipes. Um, Have you ever heard of a woman named Blanche Shaheen? I don't think I have. She has a she has a cooking um, YouTube channel called Feast in the Middle East, ah. and she is Middle Eastern American. Her family hails from Palestine, and wow. she she speaks Arabic, Spanish, and um, English. And I interviewed her a while back, and we became really good friends. And I actually learned a lot of Arabic from from learning how to cook the different um, food from over there. And like I. A lot of the stuff that I have on my my thing, my um, my podcast, some of it has meat. So I told people, I said I became vegan. So if you don't want to add the meat, you don't have to. It's not necessary. You can make it plant based. I was like, I'm not going to take it down because I have meat eaters. But I said, exactly. you know, going forward, it's all going to be plant based. Just let everybody know. And um, she. She had they in it, it's amazing when you look at like the Middle East, they, they eat a lot of lamb and a lot of beef, a lot of fish, a lot of chicken. And so she uh, was telling me, you know, yeah, we have people out there that are vegetarian and vegan. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, because I, I look for that, you know, a lot yeah. more now, especially minority groups. And I, I didn't know in the African American community how many people were vegan it's a lot it's a lot and i had no idea I'm like oh wow you know so yeah because i live in akron ohio so for me it's we don't have very many vegan restaurants gotcha so uh we have miss julie's kitchen and that's on south main street and my friends took me and i was like okay i gotta get me some more cauliflower next weekend and I got to make me some wings some cauliflower wings and I mean and they were so good you know and it was it was you know and I had their cut fries and I said well I gotta go back and get their black bean spicy burger and you know because even I like to try people's food but then I like to go back and try to make it myself yes 100% that's what it's about yeah so a lot of times now I'll just look online and if I see something that I want it's meat-based. I'll just add plant-based meat or whatever to substitute or not even add meat at all and, um, you know, or add tofu or whatever I'm going to add. And for, for me, um, I'm the second person in my family to go vegan. I have an uncle that went vegetarian because he had a triple bypass surgery, and they told him if he didn't start eating right, he wouldn't be here. He just turned 80 last week. So... You know, wow. I, I said, you know, my aunt cooks for him. He's vegetarian. So, and I said, oh, I, I don't mind going 100% vegan. It's not that hard. I mean, there's, there's vegetables I've never had before, and I'm enjoying it. There are but, hundreds of vegetables, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I've tried, like, asparagus and zucchini and squash. Um, the zucchini isn't too bad. The asparagus, I really wasn't big on. Mushrooms, I'm not big on at all. But, um, I mean, I, I like I like the different radishes, especially the white ones from um, Asia. I get those yeah. a lot. And I, but people don't realize when you go to the store, you look at the stuff. It's not as expensive as you think when you go shopping in the produce store. 
you know, I'm, I'm learning what's organic, what's not organic. You know, so for me, it's a big, huge education. Um, you know, and I had a friend that was a, sh- a sous chef in her own right. And she said if she could afford to go vegan and have someone cook vegan food for her every day, she would have done it. <laughs> you know, and I said, oh, yeah, it's 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 worth it. I mean, I even know how to cook, you know, different cookies, different ways. And, you know, I mean, now the only drawback is trying to find vegan chocolate chips at a reasonable price. But, yeah. But, um, I mean, I found a bag for six bucks. I actually went and bought it. But, I mean, I was like, well, I can use cacao nibs. <laughs> yeah. In replace. So, but um, I'm, I'm just curious. Um, what made you um, start your, you know, cookbook and your, uh, um, your website? So, the cookbook I did because I just have access to so many recipes that I create and experiment with over the years. Mm-hmm. That I just it was time for me to start putting them into a book. You know, this way it's something that I can always share with people and just a, a, a place for me to put my work in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the website, um, it originally started as a, a pet project, but then um, I decided that, you know, it would be a great thing that I can do with my son so he can transition into that. And it's a really great place for us to come together and work on projects. He's like my co-tester. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm on four new seasonings that I'm releasing this month. And he has been my taste tester slash, you know, do we need to add more of this? And he's only six, but he's well involved. And, you know, he loves to be a part of the process, the decision-making process. So that's where the website came about. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And by the time he gets nine, he can be on Chop Junior. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, which I, I mean, I still watch Chopped. I, I love watching it. I mean, I've been watching it from season one on down and I'm like, mm. I I mean, I know me personally, I I'm not I'm getting faster at cooking, but I don't think I would want to put myself out there just yet to try to cook something in twenty minutes. <laughs> I mean that would that would take a little bit, like for me personally. I mean, but I mean there are people that have been on Master Chef that have been um, blind, like totally blind, and um, yep. they can cook. You know, and I I mean the only thing is I don't I don't use I mean I use knives, but I do a lot of my chopping with a food processor. That's my hack. I do. Yeah, me. Uh, yeah, it cuts time. A little bit, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean the prep the prep time is the time that that's most spent on chopping your vegetables and and all that. Because half the time, you know, I I'm playing it by ear and trying to figure out what I want to eat, you know. And I I do a lot of batch cooking, so yeah. I'm just curious, like when you are cooking, do you do batch cooking? Like, do you cook like a big meal like ahead of time, like you know, just because of other time commitments? No, most definitely. Um, batch cooking is the only way to survive, especially being plant-based and vegan. You know, um, this is my weekend to cook with my family. We cook, we do a big batch cooking twice a month, every two weekends. 
So, you know, I'll do grocery shopping like on Friday and then I'll go to the farmer's market on Saturday, which is tomorrow, you know, and get whatever I didn't get at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday we're cooking for, you know, whatever amount of time it needs for us to get the food done. And I'm doing a big batch of beans, two different kinds of beans. I'm making tomato sauce if I need it, um, you know, prepping vegetables. So I have, um, you know, I'm making overnight oats, setting those and putting them in the refrigerator or chia pudding, all that stuff. So I am definitely for batch cooking and meal prepping because it's important, you know, and it keeps you from buying things that you don't want or spending extra money by having to do takeout because, you know, you're running late and you can't really make dinner. You know, it saves you a lot of time, money and energy if you, you know, plan ahead of time and do meal prep for sure. Oh, yeah, because I know for me, it's, I mean, I come from a family where we, we have a big family and, like, people like to cook, like, large batches of food. It's just me, okay? <laughs> and I wind up cooking, like, a medium-sized pot of something, and I will eat on that for, like, three or four days because I don't want to cook dinner. So when I made that chicken and noodles last night, it's going to last me until Sunday. Then I'll cook something else. And then it'll last me until, you know, Thursday. You know, just dinner. And, you know, that's how I'm able to get a lot of the, um, a lot of the produce used. Because I sometimes you, you buy stuff and you forget it's there. Yep. You know, you it's like, it, it, the produce section is like a, a, a candy store. You, you see everything and you want it all. Then you go and you buy it. And then some of it gets used, and then some of it doesn't. You forget it's there, and it's like, oh, I can't use this now because it rotted. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I, for me personally, like, my, my aunts are like, man, it looks so good. My aunt was like, why do you cook so much? I was like, because I don't like to cook every single day. Yeah, Making exactly. my breakfast is one thing. Making dinner every day, I mean, it's just me. So why am I going to do that for? Like, I can make myself a, you know, a Buddha bowl for lunch and I'll make it and then I'll have it for like three days, you know, for lunch, you know, and I I said, you can do so many things with that by itself. I mean, there's so much that you can do. It's, it's not even funny. Um, but I will say, um, for me, this journey is something that, you know, that is lifelong. And, you know, I mean, once you start out with, I want to make my health better, then you start looking at it from other angles, like, okay, it's also about the animals, it's also about the environment. You know, it's not just about one thing or the other. Um, And, and, but I mean, I have seen where people are so uh, passionate about veganism that they, you know, like if you say I'm taking supplements, then they want to knock you for it. And I said, well, wait a minute, everyone's journey's different. Not everyone's yes. journey's the same, and not everyone's body is the same either. So, exactly. So you have to look at look at it from that perspective. I was like, I don't like giving money to big farm like anybody, you know, but. At the end of the day, if if I if I've been doing this for seventy five days or or more, and the only thing that 
I have a deficiency from is D, you know, vitamin D because of it being the winter time. That's pretty good given I've only been doing it for like less, a little bit less than three months. So, yeah. I mean, but before that, I was healthy anyway. But it's just the point that, you know, I guess I looked at all my friends that have health issues. And, you know, I do have to say that's another thing I, I find when you change you know, um, eating habits, you know, you're either going to have support or you're not going to have support. And I'm very lucky that I have the support from my friends and family because there are a lot of people in my camp that, well, well, it's expensive. And, you know, I was like, well, I don't have animal products or dairy products in my house, you know? So if you come over to my house, just beware. You, I'm not going to be eating that, (laughs) you know? So yeah, exactly. I, hope, I hope you can, I hope you can deal with that for three days, you know, and, and nine times out of 10, they, they're okay with it. I mean, I am slowly getting my friends to understand through my example of being vegan. You know, if yeah. I don't eat, if I don't, if I have leftovers and I don't feel like freezing them, I have them come over and get them and they eat them and they're like, Oh, this is so good. Why can't I do this? I was like, you can do this. It's just called time. And, 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 you know, you just have to cook. That's what, yep. it, that's what it's about. You know, you can do the same thing. You, you just, you choose not to, you choose the, let's go to Burger King or KFC or McDonald's or, and now I have tried to be on nuggets from KFC because I wanted to try them. They weren't bad, but I was kind of fearful across contamination. Mm. So, I yep. mean, probably frying it in the same oil that they're frying all the other chickens so right right uh, but i mean the good, thing is, the good thing is i my friends buy me that because they know i don't eat meat anymore so they yeah. will take me and go and like well we're gonna take chanel on to south main street to get something to eat and they don't mind driving 20 minutes or more to go do that because they they respect my my choices you know exactly and and that and I, I'm I'm very happy about that, but I will have to say that you know as someone that's visually impaired, I said you know I love this journey. I want to share this with everybody. So I changed my title of my podcast, and and I said I wanted to interview a lot of different people and you know hear about their stories and you know now I do have to ask like is 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 financially is it for you since you have you know your family to support. Is it more or less? Um, or it's, is it it's, about the same? No, it's, I, I would say it, it, it's been easy, you know, um, because my wife, my three children, they're all on board. And they, my kids actually held us accountable from day one. You know, it's like, Daddy, we can't buy any milk. You know, we can't do eggs. We can't do anything cheese. So they were all on board from day one. So they have definitely made it easier. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't, you know, because the thing is for me, even before um, my oldest is, is going to be 12. So before we went 100% plant-based, we were always heavy on vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was never a situation where, oh, guys, we're going to start eating more vegetables now. Like that was always the case, right. you know, um, so just going only plants was, it wasn't a stretch. Mm-hmm. It was 
interesting at first, you know, because like my wife, she's Nigerian and um, there's this dish in Nigeria, it's fried beef. And the way she did it, it was so amazing, you know, um, but that was like one of the favorite things in the house. But, you know, once we watched the show, like I told you, what the hell, you know, we cut it off completely. Like we just stopped buying beef, we stopped buying chicken, we stopped buying meats, um, you know, fish, we ate a little bit more, but that was the last thing we cut off, you know, but right. I wouldn't say it was hard, you know, and it definitely helps when you have a community around you that is facilitating this lifestyle or is not being negative about it, right? Because I know based on the rooms I do in Clubhouse or my classes, my master classes that I do, um, there are situations where family members will be discouraging, you know, or, be, or tell you why you have to be vegan or just eat some meat. Or they will even try to convince you to go get meat. Um, so you want to be really careful. Anyone listening, you know, you have to surround yourself around people that are going to help facilitate you or just not make you feel bad about the choice that you're making, which is to be vegan. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's funny. Like, um, I, I use this app called Be My Eyes since I can't read the print on my, my clothing labels. And, uh-huh. and they... I had them read all my labels to see what it was made from and where it came from. And none of it was animal. And I was like, oh, right. So I guess I was doing it all along. And it, you know, That's all. You know, and I mean, but I will say, you know, when it comes down to like some of the like animal rights organizations, you know, because I have a guide dog and I've had him for almost eight, oh, almost nine years now. And he'll be 10 years old on, on Christmas. And he's about to retire. So I'm about to retire him as soon as I get um, placed into a, a new class for a new dog. And they said it would be like 8 eight to 12 months waiting list. So, you know, this is kind of like our last official year of working together as a team. I could keep him, but I because I'm going to be getting a new one, he's very possessive. Yeah. He's very possessive. Uh-huh. And so it's like, uh, you know, he doesn't even like a cat being on my lap, getting my attention. If it's not him, screw it. He'll come over and take his head and try to nudge the cat off. You know, I'm like, you spoiled dog. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sounds very protective, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a very friendly dog. He's not aggressive or anything. His, he's a yellow lab named Bono, like Bono from YouTube. And uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so we, we, we've been a team. And it's funny because, you know, I don't feed him like regular food, but he loves fruits and he loves vegetables. That's amazing. So, like, he likes his strawberries, his pineapple. He loves apples. Regardless if they're on the ground or not, which is crazy. I mean, there's a few <laughs> trips where he brought an apple home and was chomping on. I'm like, no, no, because you don't know if they put something in it, and half of it was gone already. I'm like, oh god. And then now he's like, you got to drop it. He dropped it and looked at me like, why? And I'm like, I'll get you another apple. <laughs> this yeah. came from the ground, you know. But you know, I mean, since I mean, he we were in Whole Foods, and his introductory to Whole Foods was, let's get a, a broccoli spear. Yeah. And I had to buy it, of course. 
And I'm like, you know what? You can't be doing that. And then, like, he had picked up a tomato and was chomping on a tomato, and we had to drop it in the middle of the store. And we don't know if someone had dropped it because they were being ignorant or if he had picked it up or it fell on the floor. We just have no idea. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I know my dog loves vegetables and fruit like crazy. I mean, he was going in the garbage trying to get a banana peel. Like, you know what? You, you, you crazy dog. So, yeah, I'm like, well, if I had to turn my dog vegan, that wouldn't be hard. No, exactly. He knows yeah, I mean, what's good. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, I have two last questions. Um, are do you have a YouTube channel? Yes, I do. It's um, Chef Ed Harris. Mhm. Yes, it's Chef Ed Harris. That's my YouTube channel. Okay, because I I I know in the show notes I want to put all your um I'm gonna type out all your links and stuff. Posting mm-hmm. links right now is not easy for me right now because Voiceover and Anchor don't want to mesh for some reason. I don't know if they broke something. <laughs> yeah, no updating. Worries, yeah. But um, now I have to have I have to ask is oh Bobby Flay. Yeah. What was that like? Um, that was fun. It was intense. Um, you know, Bobby Flay was. I got approached. Um, you know, like I said, once you do one show with Food Network, you're in a database. So they reached out to me, and I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I was living in. Atlanta at the time I did it. Um, so I flew down to New York and we did it in Midtown in Manhattan. And um, we were in like this theater building, I believe. It's like right across from Penn Station. Uh-huh. Um, it was intense, you know, because, you know, like it's just like chop, you know, all the lights are there, the judges are there. Um, and you're trying to get your bearings, you know, because it's all new. But um, they, uh, he he was he was very pleasant, you know. Um, it, it's it's great when you can see someone on TV, and then when you meet them in person, you know the energy is still the same, you know. Because I've worked with tons of chefs, and you know they're not all the same, you know. There's some chefs that are just not nice, you know. And then you have some that are super nice, you know. So it's great when TV and reality are the same, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Now, is there anybody that you would love to? cook with that you haven't? Ah, hmm, that's a great question. Actually, yes. Jose Andres, I would love to cook with him because to me, he is he is just an, an example of what a humanitarian is, you know, or should be. You know, he's just, you know, anytime there's anything going on around the world, you know, he sets up shop and he just feeds the people that are in need, um, right. you know, through his nonprofit. And uh-huh. I, I just think that's amazing. And that's something that I would love to do in the future, you know, some way, shape, or form. No, that's awesome because um, I, I was about to ask, um, <laughs> would you like to cook with, like, Emerald or uh, uh, Wolfgang or, like, um, uh, Jamie Oliver or um, our, our lovely um, Mr. Uh, Hell's Kitchen himself? Um, um, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, 
yeah, those are all heavy hitters. And, you know, it, it's always fun to cook with any chef that is passionate about food. You know, um, there's always something to learn. You know, there's always something to see and do. And it, it's just great. You know, working in New York, I got a chance to cook with a lot of different chefs that are amazing. Um, so anytime that can happen, it, it's always a plus. Yeah, I I I actually have to say, like I I tell people all the time, YouTube people are like you should go on pin- Instagram and I'm, I'm and Pinterest. I'm like, no, I'm not visual. I'm audio. So for me, listening to what they're doing, and I mean, even though I can you know watch the the actual screen, I, you know I can't I can hear them when they're chopping and all that type of stuff. That that's nothing. You know, I know how to hack that, but when it comes down to like, okay, well, how many ingredients are they using? How many spices are they using? You know, yeah. how can I adapt this for me? You know, so forth and so on. How can I, I mean, I've changed stuff by like taking out a couple of ingredients, adding stuff that people wouldn't have thought to certain things like uh, lemon zest here or, you know, some garlic or something different you know to make it my own um because 90 percent of the time everybody wants to cook with mushrooms <laughs> and i'm like i'm not but but i'm just curious as as a foodie myself and, and a newbie to the vegan scene are there like substitutes for mushrooms um i i wouldn't say there's substitutes for mushrooms and more that mushrooms is a substitute for something else Right. You know, uh, like for me, I love cooking with mushrooms. And I think, you know, I get a lot of people that say they don't like mushrooms. And, you know, I've done events, I've done classes and quite a few different things and incorporated mushrooms. And I would get people coming back afterwards. So there was mushrooms in this Um, or wow, these mushrooms actually taste really good. You know, so it's more of understanding how to cook the mushrooms. You know, I'm actually doing a clubhouse tonight all about mushrooms um, at 8 p.m. Okay. And, you know, it, I think if people can understand them a little bit better, you know, know how to treat them, how to wash them, how to clean them, you know, the ways to cook them, depending on the type of mushroom they are, they right. will be a little bit more open to eating them, right? Because at the end of the day, mushrooms can taste really good if they're done properly. But at the same time, some people don't really know how to cook mushrooms um, or don't right. understand because of that, you end up with a situation where they taste really nasty, you know. Um, and just quick thing, you know, when you're buying mushrooms, like the ones that are covered in plastic, they create this funk, they create this slime, this stickiness that is just not supposed to be there. You right. know, um, so just different things about mushrooms that will affect, will affect how they taste and how they look, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. that's just my take. Yeah. I mean, because I noticed that, like, I, I, a lot of people do the Hitachi mushrooms. Uh, there's a couple other mushrooms I think I've heard of that they've used. Yeah. And people have said the same thing, like, well, you need to clean them and wash them a certain way. And I was like, well, they come from the ground, so of course they have dirt. Like, anything else? <laughs> you, have to, you have to wash them. And I mean, my, my grandmother, I started soaking my rice. And cleaning my rice before I cooked it. Like, I would soak it for, like, 20, 30 minutes. And she would be like, why? I'm like, okay, do you understand rice has dirt? 
once you water hits, it turns gray. It's dirty. You have to clean it. You don't want all that starch in your food. And that even goes for beans. Anything that comes from the ground, you got to wash it. And so, <laughs> so, but, you know, she's old school. So it's like, well, who cares? You're still eating it. I'm like, oh, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. There's a big difference. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of educating her, and she's going to be 95 soon. So, it's it's it's, you know, and when you come from uh, African American family, you know, they like their greens and their macaroni and cheese and their sweet potatoes. And I mean, we didn't eat hog moths or chitlins or gizzards or anything like that. But uh, she she likes her soul food, you know, and certain other foods, but. When you're trying to get her to eat something new, it, you know, she's set in her way. So it's like, I'm not eating this. <laughs> so, but uh, aside from that, like, I, you know, I, someone did trick me once and made a dish and there was mushrooms in it. And I ate the whole dish. And it's like, you know, you just ate mushrooms. I'm like, I did? Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, but to me, I guess when I was introduced to them, they kind of tasted a little slimy, a little, you know, rubbery. Yeah. It, it, did, it didn't have like that meaty taste like some people say that they have. And my aunt was like, you don't know what you're missing. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, they can taste really good if done correctly. Now, where can people find you? if they um, want to know more information? Great question. So you can actually find me right here at Anchor, right? Um, you can also find me, all my social media handles are Chef Ed Harris. Um, okay. On YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they're all the same. Um, yeah, and my website is knifeandspoon.com. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's a pleasure. Any any chance I can share plant-based knowledge and veganism, I'm, I'm for it. So thank you for having me. Oh, yes. I, I will have to go on your site eventually when I get paid at the, at the, at the beginning of the month and like get some of your spices because I found your adobo and I'm like, he has adobo? Because I got rid <laughs> oh, don't of it. Mm -hmm. um, use eat more veggies. It'll give you 20% off everything. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, because I, I sat there and I said to myself, I said, I, I, wanna, I want to eventually get a couple things from your site. And I'm like, I'm going to have to do this month to month just because <laughs> um, it was, it looked so good, especially the stuff from in, the spices from India and China, because I've been doing a lot of Indian food, a lot of, um, I made some masala some um i made some dal um yeah so it i've i've made a lot of curries chickpea curry and vegetable curry and lentil curry um yeah so but um yeah i i love this journey and i love everything that you're doing and i can't wait to see what else you come up with thank you so much i really appreciate it Thank you for coming on to the show.
Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.